brother? What's up, brother? Long time. Yeah. Welcome to season eight. We think it's episode ten. We had a redo, and then we took like ten weeks off. Uh, really, this is, and I, I asked the Alexa app earlier. Um, it's been eighteen weeks. Eighteen. Eighteen weeks. Eighteen. For me personally, when I started working from home, and they started shutting things here in Washington down. It's been 18 weeks. That's unreal. So, anyways, if, uh, I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That'd be me. <laughs> Match Wits is typically a nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast where we talk about a whole bunch of different things, and we're going to try to do that today. We're going to maybe try to keep it light. We're going to talk about <laughs> movies. We're going to talk about what we've been up to because we, again, it's been it's really been about ten weeks, a couple months since we we've done this. And other than some texting and stuff back and forth, we haven't really caught up because you know there's just not a, not a lot going on, but there is a lot going on. So, <laughs> um, so a couple of things. So we were talking before we jumped on here about you know just things going on and in, in how you're spending your time and you know like. It's crazy in terms of you just got to find things to do. So one of the things that I started doing over probably in the last month, and I'm like the least handy person I know. Like I just, I, I, I struggle with building stuff with wood. Like sure. I really do. But sure. I decided, I, I just decided I was, I needed, like I took a, and I, I don't know if I told you this, I took like a three day weekend like, I don't know, like a month ago. And I'm like, I'm building a picnic. I'm building a picnic table. I, see, but the concept of a three-day weekend is so foreign to me at this point in time. Like, time is just completely <laughs> irrelevant. Right. Dude, like, it's been four months since everything went down. Like, and it's just, I, I lose track of, like, weeks. I'm like, what day is it? I forget what day it was. And I think it was my birthday recently, and that was over a month ago. And it's just, it's strange how everything's been, time has been diluted. And when, so when you take you say you took a three day weekend, I'm like, well, I'm on a long day week or a lot day weekend, <laughs> right? But yeah, yeah. But I was, you know, and I went to work. So working from home, and I've worked from home before, right? I worked remotely when I lived in Virginia, but now, you know, I was going in the office and all the business travel I do. So working from home, and you know, busy. It's a busy time of year. It's you know, so, I, with me involved with the government work that I do, super busy, right? Because I work with departments of health and all this stuff where they're trying to, you know, respond to this, this pandemic. So I've been crazy, like, you know, t typically a 10, 12 hour day. So I just, I took a three day weekend. and was like, I'm building a picnic table, right? I watched a ton of YouTube videos. I found a video of these, these two women, they have a whole channel called, I don't even remember what it's called, but they're like, here, you can build a picnic table for 60 bucks with two by fours. <laughs> and I was like, sweet. $60 worth of lumber, $400 worth of new tools. <laughs> <laughs> and I, because I need, you know, of course I needed a new orbital sander. Sure. I needed a new, you know, impact driver. I needed some other things. Anyways, so I built it. It actually came out pretty well. It, not perfect, but you know what? Doesn't not matter. going to fall over. It's you built, built out of two by fours. And you built uh, it. And I built it. You built it with your bare hands. You're learning so, a trade. Learning a yeah. trade is going to be necessary in the pending apocalypse. When everything collapses, <laughs> we're going to need a trade. You're going to be a carpenter where you can build picnic tables for people because people are going to need recreational dining outside. Well, I, just outside. We've been eating outside because it's like, like so nice here in Seattle in terms yeah. of the weather. I mean, it's... Yeah. 
How about you eat a bag of D's, man? It's been like 95 (laughs) degrees with like 105 heat index with like night or like 70% humidity. And it's just been sweltering. And then the the tropical storm came through and it just dumped like five inches of rain on us. So yeah, rub in your sunny and 70 Seattle weather with the rest of us. No, we went for a hike last weekend. We went to this Iron Goat Trail, which is with jackets. With jackets, I saw the fucking. Yeah, it was cold. Well, first of all, first of all, like to be honest, like when Dan came out last week, last year over Fourth of July, it was ninety where sure. we lived. But where we went hiking up to Mirror Lake, there yeah. was snow. Yeah, because you're up in the you're up in the Cascades. Yeah. So, but yeah, it it was six. It was in the sixties today. It was warm sweatshirt. Eat it. Eat it. It was, wow. not, it was like 95, dude. I shit you not. I walked outside to like pick up the trash cans and started sweating. I was like, oh, no. I have to mow the lawn today. I had been on vacation. I was I was out of town. I was in the Outer Banks, and then I went to Wildwood for a few days. And then we came back, and we got back before the storm, and then we rode out the tropical storm as it rode through. And then I got up today, and I realized I had to mow the lawn. And I went outside, and I started sweating. And I sweat for two and a half hours, and then I came in and lied down. <laughs> that was my day in a nutshell i uh yeah so i wore a sweatshirt for half the day today while uh your niece my daughter maya drove <laughs> yeah yeah and i was sitting in the back seat janine was sitting in the front seat oh, i was gonna say why are you sitting in the back seat uh, you need to be uh, next to her, putting the fear of God into her. Oh, I know, but I, I've driven <laughs> with her before. But it was, yeah, this was like she's just now getting onto like roads. Yeah, you know, we live kind of out in the country, so the country roads are a little, little dodgy. Anyway, so we did that. Is this so, like oh, one of those oh, one where she gets a certain amount of hours? It counts towards a learner's permit, which like, yes, lowers yep. her insurance. She needs or whatever fifty hours. She's at two. Fair enough. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, the only reason I got mine early enough is because Jen would just come lay down in the backseat of the car when I took Chris Kozabucky home out to Harbor Creek, like every night, because we used to play basketball together. So he used to end up at my house, and then I was like, oh, crap, I got to take him home. And Jen's like, we can't drive now. And I was like, I can if you sit in the backseat. And she was like, all right, fair enough. And she would come, like, bring a book and lay down in the backseat. And <laughs> that's how I got all my hours to, to get my... Yeah, the, the rules now are driving completely different. Like, sure. It's all monitored. She's... Well, and and I think for the first six months you have your license, they call it a limited license, which you it, it's kind of like we used to have what was called a junior license. Is that what it was called? We couldn't drive mm-hmm. after midnight. Mm-hmm. You can't drive after midnight. You can't have more than one other person under twenty one in the car with you. Yep. There's a whole bunch of like regulations and everything. So, anyways, did that. Uh, but back to the building stuff. So I built a picnic table. <laughs> I built a uh, a um, cart like an nice. outdoor cart because I need to, to get stuff from the grill to, <laughs> to the picnic table. So I built this elaborate cart so I can wheel it out to the fire pit, wheel it, whatever. And then today I built a bench. Nice. I'm a regular nice. Bob Vila, yeah. <laughs> but literally all out of two by fours. It's the clunkiest looking. Does it, does it <laughs> it's matter? like this end up. Does it matter? You built yeah. it. You can't take that so, away from you. You built it. It's yours. Yeah. So, th- so that's been where so, yeah, so when the weather's been nice and that, I've been like getting into building things like, oh, I'll build, we need this, I'll build it. It's just so much cheaper. Like, I could have bought a picnic table probably for 300 bucks, <laughs> but I was like, you know, no. 60 bucks worth of lumber, and I and I learned something, so it was good. Um, the other thing I've been doing, and you've seen some of this, right, has been digitizing old movies and, and photos and stuff, 
right? So dad sent us those carousels of 35 millimeter slides. So I yeah. you know, scanned all those in. And then I've been taking, we had a mini, we have a mini DV camera. Uh, and I've been taking all of our old tapes, primarily when the kids were young. We did most of our videotaping when the kids were really young. So I've got sure. all these tapes that I'm digitizing because who's got a mini DV camera anymore? I and, do. And firewire is going, <laughs> firewire is going the way. That's the problem I'm having right now. My firewire board quit. I'm like, I got to figure out how to get to digitize all this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then my send other it, thing is, and it's probably send, the- Send it to me, Steve. I have all that stuff. Because I saw the the camera that mom first bought me when she found out that I wanted to make movies was a Canon HV40, which is a mini DV. So I have, and it matches up the the stuff that I have works with the laptop that I have now. Because I went and I bought all the new new stuff when it came out from my laptop not too long ago. So I've been able to digitize some of this old stuff that I had from like I think I had it like my last year in college. So there's like a little bit of college tapes and then like early out of college stuff that I've been able to. So if you need to send it on over. Yeah, I'm going to try to fix it because I, I started it was working. And then I think Windows did an update because Windows 10 doesn't support Firewire. So you no. have to go back and do something with the drivers. Anyways, um, no. that's, I've been doing that, digitizing photos and stuff. And then um, probably not the best hobby, but smoking cigars. I've been probably smoking a lot more cigars than I normally would. Like, I smoked I smoked a surprising amount of cigars when I was in the Outer Banks. The, the guy I went with was a big cigar aficionado. So, like, after the girls went to bed, he was like, you want to go outside? I was like, yeah. And he was like, you want to go smoke? And I was like, sure. And they went outside and he handed me a cigar. I was like, not what I expected. <laughs> I was like, but all right, I'll smoke a cigar. <laughs> right. And he sat down and, yeah, probably had, like, a cigar at night. But he just, he, like, legitimately smokes them. I just kind of sit with them and blow smoke rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I... I... I enjoy them, you know. I like, and, and I, primarily when I was working and everything, I like I do maybe one or two on the weekends, like a, you yeah. know, on a Friday and Saturday, whatever. Now it's like Friday and Saturday, maybe Wednesday, yeah. depending on I the week. Like maybe a, maybe a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> you know. so. Yeah, everybody's got their vices. Exactly. All right. So, and and one of the things, and and we've talked about this on the podcast many times, is I've got an outdoor television that. Yeah sit outside, have a cigar, watch a movie, watch whatever. After everybody's in bed, can do that. Really enjoy that. It's the kind of way to cap off the week or whatever. So sure. that TV died. <laughs> the <laughs> fan sucks. and it died. Be, it, it just died. So I've got Glorious to try to fix death. it. Uh, the fan went out. I mean, that TV is 12 years old yeah. at least. No, maybe 14-year-old, like Panasonic so, Plasma. Yeah, it's got to be relatively heavy yeah. too, even for a plasma. It's but, an older one. Yeah, oh, it is. It's it's an older one, but I, it's just the fan. I got a replacement fan, so I'm gonna try to get it back in action. So I, have, I do have another TV out there now. I took our old TV, like one of those TCLs that you get at Costco for like 300 bucks. Yep. That has Roku built in. Like, yep. so I've got that out there. So, spent some time. Um, hadn't been doing a ton of movie watching. Uh, lately, some I did some, <laughs> but watching a hell of a lot of YouTube on how to build furniture. <laughs> okay, so you so. spend it way more constructively than I have. <laughs> and masterclass, I was doing all the masterclass. I don't know if you've spent any time with masterclass, but I, I, I was doing a bunch I have. of those. I did. All right, so the ones I did: Scorsese's, I did um, Ron Howard's, I did David Lynch's, I did the. Well, I started the Daniel Legrano one, the poker one. Mm -hmm. right? 
my buddy and I started doing that one when I was over, I was over at his place for social distance movie night. He was like, do you happen to know anything about this masterclass? And I said, funny, you should mention it. And I was like, do you happen to have an airplay TV? And he was like, yes. And I threw it up real fast and he kind of looked and he goes, do you mind if we sit and watch this for a little bit? I was like, no, we watched it for like an hour and a half, like the length of a movie anyway. But we took like, I think whatever, eight classes with Daniel Legrano about poker. No, I think, nice. dude, they're really good. The Ron Howard one, filmmaking one was actually much better than the Scorsese one. The Scorsese one was more like a film history class mm, yeah. than an actual film production class. Like Ron Howard does this whole sequence breakdown of this of this portion of Frost versus Nixon. Or Frost versus Nixon when it's uh the David Frost character is interacting with his investigative trio or whoever his team is and it's how they do the blocking and how they do like where the 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 script overlaps work and where they're going to change and the camera's going to move and stuff and i had never really seen that what kind of breakdown so that one to me was way more fascinating than the scorsese one but the david lynch one's just good because he's just a weirdo and we don't we don't deserve him he's like david bowie like we just don't yeah yeah he's just so there's so, a david I, there's a david lynch one yeah I didn't know yeah, that. It's like, so, it's, I think it's on creativity. I think it's. I only started it. I don't. I don't think I made it through because they're all long. They're like they thirty six. Yeah, I did the um, the Danny Elfman. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I, did I don't the, commute anymore. I used to do it when I com- You can mm, listen to you can listen audio. to them as pod as podcast. Yeah, so I, that's why I did a lot of them. So, but. I don't commute anymore because I'm homebound apparently for the rest of my existence. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, hey, it's better than home. like considering the alternative being home, finding a work from home job, working from home, not, not sure. horrible. We're fortunate enough here. We have a little bit of space. We're not top on top of our neighbors. We get to do whatever. Yeah. Um, I watched the, the Aaron Franklin one was really good on barbecue. Oh, really? Like yeah, I was ready Aaron's... to go build a smoker. Like start smoking meat, but I'm, he's like, I'm trying to keep. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I've been trying to convince Aaron to let me get a smoker, but she was just like, "You're not going to use it." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to use it." And she was like, "Yeah, you're going to use it as much as you use your drone." I'm like, "Ah, oh, son of a bitch." Well, trade your drone was... for a smoker. No, I want to use my drone. The, the um, but the he's just he's got a great like the way he talks and the way he just kind of teaches how to okay. do it and. Like his approach is good. He he's he's articulate, but he's down to earth, and he just loves barbecue. And he has from a young mm-hmm. age. He just yeah. he's like I just love it. I love me I some love, good barbecue too. I love working with the wood. I love seeing what the wood's gonna do. Mm-hmm. I love like like all of that. And he's just really passionate about it. When you're passionate about something like that, and you can talk about it, and you can be articulate about it, then you know I, I enjoyed it. I, it's the best one I think I watched. I started watching the one the guy who was the um, the the hostage negotiator. He's got the it's it's um I think it's it's called it's like it's it's like the art of negotiation. His book is like don't meet in the middle, but he talks about all these techniques and everything you can use that he used as a hostage negotiator but you could use in business negotiation or whatever so i thought that it was just something different um somebody who had a really interesting job working for like the i think he was like working for the cia or whatever fbi Mm -hmm. and as a hostage negotiator and he just talks about how 
like how things like how things like people got freed that like you would never think like they, when they were being held for ransom that they would have never got <laughs> free and it was because in like in this one it was a it was an arab culture and the father came out and the father was it was a good man and trustworthy they couldn't hurt his daughter like so they just like they didn't kill her they just <laughs> like hey he was an honorable man he came forward and he said these things and that was and, and that was all part of the plot or that was all part of what the negotiators were trying to do is like you go on tv and you say these things and these people because of their beliefs will let your daughter go so it's so wait it, so you you do see the the difference in the ones that i've been taking versus the ones that you've been taking <laughs> right, right? Right. you're taking yeah, it from I'm gonna the F- bar- make barbecue through yeah. a, the soundtrack of danny elfman while i negotiate with terrorists yeah and then <laughs> that I'm making weird esoteric movies with David David Lynch being produced by Ron Howard and Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Daniel DeGrano, Poker Stars, funds my movie. Nice. And then, um, <laughs> speaking of, I don't know if you, you, I think you told me about it, the Mandalorian behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, so good. It was, I think we only, <laughs> Charlie and I watched like a, uh, an episode and a half or whatever. Um, but it was really good. Like they're all Dude. just talking about making Star that, Wars movie, like the the Mandalorian and how they the videos like... th- that video set, Steve. The video set where they they have the actual full time render in camera when they're walking around. They can change the parallax so it's a it's true to the eye and it it, it renders. You see, it's a video wall all the way around them, a perfect convex three hundred sixty degree video wall with a fucking. A dome that's a giant video wall too, which they can control. They can control day versus night immediately. Weather, uh, directionality. <laughs> right. it's like it, dude. That is that is like I feel that is going to be so revolutionary, especially when it comes to sci-fi cinema, because of what it does to the aesthetic. It's no longer that cheesy green screen where you can build these all over the place, rent them out to people, and they can do this complicated. Yeah, set was... set design in in such a controlled environment where everything is controlled within a fifty by fifty square, whatever, however big it was. It's just I was I remember I sent it to. There's an Irish family that we're friends with, and James is this kind of nerdy. The dad is this kind of nerdy Irish dude that like loves tech stuff like that. And I was like, "Did you watch The Mandalorian?" He was like, "Yeah, I thought it was right. pretty good." And I was like, "All right, did you watch the behind the scenes stuff yet?" And I was he was like, "No." And I was like, "All right, watch the making of and then text me when you get to the the video wall set." And then it was like maybe 3 or 4 days later, he just says, "Oh my god." I was like, "What?" And he was like, "That is the most co- it was the coolest thing I've ever seen." And I was like, "Yeah, and you've seen some cool stuff too, right?" And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Well, so, and I, I thought, and I, again, I think we only watched an episode or two, but they had the guys from ILM on. I think it was the second mm-hmm. episode, and they talk about like, oh, and they had a what's it, Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Disney yeah. Pictures? Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy, Kathy, Catherine, yeah, whatever. whatever. Um, she's like, like, doesn't like George Lucas and ILM? They own like two hundred patents. Yeah, like yeah, they came up thing. with. You forget like all between the Star Wars movies, between. You know, uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, and then, you know, they were doing indie and some of those other movies. But until they, you know, brought the, uh, brought the Star Wars back, like, 20 years later, I only, like, George Lucas and ILM were doing all this stuff for all these other pictures. Like, they yes. were inventing <laughs> stuff and doing, like, you forget yeah. about that sometimes. 
they're, they're, they're probably outside of WIDA in in Australia. Probably the most revolutionary special effects group that ever existed, Steve. Like, yeah, like if the ILM exists because there wasn't this stuff before, and they're like, all right, I guess we just have to fucking figure out how to do yeah. this particular thing. And every time they did it, it was the first time anyone had ever done it. So people started, you know, they started registering the patents for like even like. The, the way they had to shoot the opening crawl for the Star Wars was like this complicated. They had to like roll it over the screen or the the camera had to pan along and on the floor and stuff like that. Now it's a plug in for your iMovie. It's now it's something that's so completely standard. <laughs> right, but, right. Exactly. But at the time was was so revolutionary. So yeah. Now at the watching Dave Filoni, the the guy that we always said went to school with Jen, and his genuine passion for all things Star Wars kind of brought me back to like, okay, I could ignore all the super nerds that are kind of ruining fandom for me and so kind of appreciate what I like about Star Wars, and they can't take that away from me. So I, I liked, he was, he had a genuine, like a genuine earnestness about the way he defended, even like the prequels. Like, I didn't really like the prequels, but the way he defended it, I was like, okay, that makes sense in the way you're explaining yeah. it. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with it, but sure. And him telling the story about like when he was working on Last Airbender mm -hmm. and he got a call from Lucasfilm Animation, he's like, "There's no Lucasfilm Animation." <laughs> like, like what? Like, I'm, uh, he thought it was a joke. Like some of his coworkers yeah. were putting him on, and then he finally got on the phone with George Lucas and went out to Skywalker Ranch and everything. Yeah. But now, dude, like him and him and Favre are just going to be like completely in charge of Star Wars now. So, all right, cool, That's crazy, good, good for Favre too. I like him. Yeah. I mean, he's done, he's done some cool stuff. Yeah, I've loved him fucking since Swingers. Well, technically, <laughs> since PCU. Since PCU. <laughs> hey, so it. I don't know. If there's a good way to get. How do you get from John Favreau to John Cusack? Mm, I don't know. There's not a. What do you want me to do? The six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yeah, yeah no, I'm just trying to segue into what we were going to talk about today. Um, I don't know, likability factor in their movies. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about John Cusack now. There you go. I segue. Yeah. Oh, for I was you. trying to come up with it. Trying to come up with a segue. <laughs> so, and I just like talking you... about John John Cusack because you used to be John Cusack in like high school. Uh, you were, now, I, I don't know if that was quite, quite as cool. No. But, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you were exactly that. I was saying more the general aesthetic, the the feathered, the feathered mullet, <laughs> the messy <laughs> hair, yeah, yeah, the, the listening to the Clash and the all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, that. his love for the Clash is like throughout all his movies, like sure. in particularly like Growth Point Plank. So, how we got on the idea of doing this, kind of bringing the podcast back and chatting is, uh, I watched Growth Point Plank last weekend. I just one of those things I've been like I don't know escapism type movies like you know um, John Wick I watched uh, uh -huh. um, Deadpool again like, I forgot how <laughs> funny that is the second one's really good too that's the other thing like the 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 first one's really good but the second one's probably just as good there's just so many good lines in the the second ones but yeah those are popcorn entertainment that's more of yeah. what I've been watching I haven't been watching very very serious fair like when you when we said we were going to talk about cusack and you what was it the long way home or whatever the no grace is gone grace is gone yeah pass <laughs> that's going to be a it's hard good, pass though. for it's, me it's good I'm sure. like, dude it's i'm hard, sure it it's, is it's I, yeah i i'm sure it is man my 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 sanity is holding on by a thread and i'd rather watch ford versus ferrari 
Like, give me something <laughs> with like awesomely, awesomely choreographed race sequences where they did all this really cool stuff, and give me Matt Damon and Christian Bale playing off each other. Have you seen it? Sorry, that's a segue away from your John Cusack thing. No, I'm not. I haven't seen it. Okay, watch it. We'll talk about it later episode. Later episode, but it's good. All right. So before we jump into the movies and the whole idea of the top five and everything, I was while I was doing research, I came across this list, and like, I don't know that I, I can't. I don't know if it's true or not. It sounds true. If you look at the, the, I'm going to read, I don't even know who some of these people are. Uma Thurman, Lily Taylor, Claire Florani, Allison Eastwood, Meg Ryan, Nev Campbell, Minnie Driver, Jennifer Love Hewitt, um, Janice Dickinson, Brooke Burns, Gina Gershon, Jamie Gertz, Rebecca Romaine, Pamela Anderson, Melissa Gilbert, Cheryl, Cheryl Crow, Britney Spears, all people John Cusack has dated. <laughs> Wait, in real life? Yeah. Nice. Way to go, John. <laughs> like, holy crap. That's impressive. That's a list. So anyways, I don't know. I okay. came across it. I don't know if it's true, but I mean, it's on his IMDb page. Oh, um, well, that I, clearly has to be true. Though. I know some of them are true. I know he went out with Nev Campbell for a while and <laughs> I some know. of the others. No, I, and he was, I, that, that wouldn't surprise me, but that's something to really glorify. Like, hey, look. You couldn't hold a relationship with anybody for more than like a couple months. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah there's a couple of ways of looking at it. So, but, you know, John Cusack gave us, and I watched last night, I watched, uh, we watched High Fidelity, he gave us the whole top five, right? Top five records, top five, top five Monday morning um, songs, top, uh, what, side one, track one songs, sure. all the, all the kind of top five lists and everything. So, I thought I would go through my top five, and I'm not going to do it in a specific order. I probably should kind of defeats no. the top five, but my my top five um, Cusack movies, and there he's got a bunch of good ones. He, he sure. does a lot of different projects, and there's some movies you're in that you forget he's in. He was he was really a child actor too, right? If you look at his early stuff, like uh, you know, Sixteen Candles, like he was really yeah. young in that, and then Better Off Dead, be, One Crazy he Summer, was and all that. To be the nerd. He was supposed to be the nerd in uh, 16 Candles, and he got beat out by Anthony Michael Hall, and he got bumped to that, like, secondary character. Yeah, I mean, he was just kind of like, I don't want to say an extra, but he had a very smaller part, much smaller part than he, than Anthony Michael Hall ended up having. Sure. Okay. And he beat out Christian Slater for Lloyd Dobler, which, thank God. Thank God. Well, Christian Slater's a pretty good actor. He Mr. is. Robots, yeah, Mr. Yeah, he probably would have been good, but then, he, I think, right at the same time, he went and made... Um, what was, the, what was the underground radio one? Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. That was don't, good. Don't test me. Don't test me on my Christian Slater. <laughs> test me on my, my late right. 80s, early 90s. So I rewatched. So let's start with Growth Point Blank. I rewatched that. I forgot yeah. how good it is. I forgot how good Mini Driver is. Yeah. You can't and come in. That... <laughs> you can't come Which in. Is but a... It's only for a second. But but it's a Jamaican accent, and it's done because it's the it's the special song is playing. Yeah, and that's what the the, the ska band, the specials say that you can't come in. I hear you knocking, but yeah. you can't come in. Yeah, 
Yes, I, I'm probably so, aware. Of Steve. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, I guess my point is like his movies, particularly as he got further along in his career, and he had like he has that production company that did Gross Point Blank and Being John Malkovich. No, um, uh, uh, Fear and Loathing, and some of those others. Like his his musical influence, his punk, you know, his punk roots, his love with J the Clash and Joe Strummer. Like he really credits Joe Strummer as the soundtrack. You know, or the score for Growth Point Blank, because there's just clash music everywhere, and there's in Joe Strummer's solo yeah, stuff was, throughout it. So he was the music supervisor. Is that was what it he? was? Yeah, he actually worked on it. This yeah, before yeah, Joe Strummer died. Like, but yeah, I mean, some of that music was you know recorded way you know years before, but then yeah, he I, contributed some yeah. solo stuff to it. Yes. Okay. So great, but but just like I. I really captured that kind of that 10 years post high school thing, you know, where he's going home and he's kind of dealing with what he did afterwards and all this uh, stuff and, and watching people like grow up and people with kids and, and all that stuff. Just, uh, I forgot how good that movie was. What am I supposed to say? I killed the Prince of Paraguay with a fork. How, <laughs> how have you been? <laughs> how have you been? And then Alan, I guess Alan, anything with Alan Arkin. Even Alan Arkin and like a sprinkling oh, as Dr. Oatman is just the, the therapist that doesn't want anything to do with him in the first place. Yes. He's so good. It, man, that guy looks the same now. Who, Alan Arkin? Yes. Yes, he does. I mean, like, if you look at him in Growth Point Blank, which was, I don't know what year that was, 98 maybe? No, yeah. 2000s? Right. No. It was like, yeah, it was the end of high school, so like 97, 98. Yeah. And you look at that, and then you look at him in the Kaminsky method, like. <laughs> Doesn't look that much different. I don't know, man. So, He's getting old. He's going to be next. What do you think, dude? I, the Colorado thing shook me for a, a second because that made me realize that Mel Brooks is probably there. And, and yeah, those guys still hung out. Like, if you ever hear Max yeah. Brooks, right, the guy who wrote World War Z and everything, yeah. and you hear him, he's always on. Like, he was on the Nerdist a lot. He's been on. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a really good podcast interview. Like, all the yeah. cool stuff he does. But he talks about his dad, and his dad will just like. Go over and like a couple nights a week. Go over and hang out with Carl Reiner. Like that's yeah. what they did. They just had dinner together. They hung out and they've been they, they've been friends since 1950. Yeah, that's crazy. That bothered me. The 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 Carl the Carl Reiner one shook me for a second. I was like, oh no. Yeah. I was like, that, that, that means he's going yeah, to be. Yeah, but he was like he's almost a hundred, right? Yeah, he was like 96, 98. That's or a something. good run. That's oh, a good yeah. run, dude. Isn't Mel Brooks like 90? Yeah, they're about the, yeah 92. Like he's old. Like that's that's what I mean. I'll be very very sad when Mel Brooks dies. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. Sorry. So anything to add on Growth Point Blank? I know it's in it's in one of your top movies, isn't it? Like yeah, dude, that was the that was one of the first like screenplays I sought out to like download and read to kind of study the art of screenwriting, just because I love the way that dialogue moves in that movie and. There's not a whole lot of wasted wasted space in there where it's not moving the story along, and it's one of those ones that they they always tell you if you want to watch a clever way to do a bunch of different genres melded together. It was yeah, that was like that was one of the the movies I wrote a paper on in one of my classes mm -hmm. when I was in college. So, yeah, so this is something I noticed when I watched High Fidelity last night, which is also that's the next one I want to talk about, which. I think you have a great source material in the book. I never read the book, right? Yeah, but I did. Nick Horn Hornby, he did that, and he's about a boy and some other stuff. Like good, just good writer, right? Good, mm -hmm. good novel writer. 
Um, but then Cusack took it with his production team and turned it into, you know, into the movie. Um, I noticed after watching Gross Point Blank and, and High Fidelity like a week apart, and then I start looking through these other movies, there's a lot of them where he's the lead, where he does a lot of like monologues and talking to the camera. Sure. Like, is that, is, I mean, so my question to you as a, as a, as a film guy, is that like, did that just become like something he did early on? Like, I think say anything, he did it one crazy summer. Right. Um, are, even better off dead. Right. He's like, he's talking to the camera a lot where he's narrating. He's doing that. Like, did they start writing for him that way? Is that something he developed? Is that unique to him? Cause it just seems like you no, start going over no, those movies not, where he's. That's not unique what? to him. Like that's, that's just the, that's a, a plot, a plot, like a plot. Well, not unique to him, use. but the fact that almost all of his movies where he's the lead, he does that. Like, is that just, cause it seems like, first of all, like in high fidelity, something he does really well. Like almost that whole movie is told with him talking to the camera. To, to, to the fourth wall. Yeah. He breaks yeah. the fourth wall while discussing it with the audience. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of those movies. He's just been in so much that it just seems like he does a lot of those yeah. because He's really good in those. He's good as the unreliable narrator, as the the guy you're kind of rooting for, but he's kind of a piece of shit. Like, in High Fidelity, he's not exactly someone you should be rooting for. He tries to bang everything that walks in front of him, even <laughs> right. all the way up through the end, after all the way up through his redemption. When, yeah. when Jack Black has to come back in and kind of save him, he was like, hey, it's your girlfriend, when he has to pull yeah, yeah. he was going to make another mixtape, and... Yeah, like he's, the cycle he's is going to start again. Yep, absolutely. He's he's good as the unreliable narrator. So those type of movies are the ones that kind of stick out in his filmography. But he's done so much, Steve. Like, just pull up his IMDb. He's got, like, how many credits as just an actor alone? It, a I was a just, lot. Yes, a lot. 88. Good Lord. 88 acting credits and like they're not and he, and he does a lot of diverse stuff right so yeah he does the, a lot of the, weird stuff yeah so so high fidelity first of all i just want a couple things there so that's another very music centric like i just love like the songs that they play through that yeah. the way he talks <laughs> marvin gay's dead his father killed him <sighs> like that <laughs> like all the like just those little things and and they play so much good music and it's in a record store and there's a couple things in there where they really capture Oh. that time period of like music snobbery like that indie rock i don't even want to say indie rock it's just that kind of that musical snobbery which is the record yeah store. yeah it's, it's the guys when that nobody the when they weren't rec when they weren't a ton of record stores right where you had yep. to go seek it out right that was the kind of the ideas you had to go there because you were going to go after vinyl so and jack black was like that had to be one of his first movies right no jack black's been making movies for a long long time Jack Black was in Airborne, dude. In Airborne? Yeah. Do you remember the like early eighty, like mid eighties, uh, rollerblading hockey movie with the guy named <laughs> no. the the guy from Minnesota? He moves to Minnesota. His like name's like Shane something. It's like Seth Green's first movie. He was in Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts is like eighty six or something like that. No, Jack Black's been doing movies forever. I'll put a dollar bet on this. Jack Black. Jack Black. Airborne, Airborne was like 88, I want to say. And Bob Roberts is probably like 86, 87. Wow, he's got 155 credits. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's voice work and stuff to it probably. Yeah, right. Holy crap. Yeah, going the way back. I'm just curious to see. Like, he's been doing he was in an episode of The Fall Guy. 
Sure, probably. Bob Roberts, 92. 92. Airborne, 93. 93. Okay. Those are the ones I remember from. Waterworld. Did, did you just call me a piece of underwear? <laughs> the, the, the dude from California goes, hey, chill, brah. Jack Black gets really mad. He oh, goes, right. He just, he just called me a piece of underwear. The Jackal he was in. Yeah. I still know what you did last summer. Yeah. All right, check right, right. black rules. Yeah, so I thought I mean, High Fidelity was great. He's really good in that, and his his dynamic with the the bald, moby looking dude. I forget what that dude's from. The little he's oh, got a really he was weird in a, name. He's got like yeah, a yeah, I remember he was in a, yeah, he was in a uh, he was in a TV show. Yeah, where he played oh. almost the same character. Dude, how hot is Lisa Bonet? When she shows up out of nowhere, oh, you're like, God. oh, yeah, yeah. I, f- I forgot. What's up? But whatever Huxtable you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget which Huxtable she was. But, yeah, no, that movie's great. And the soundtrack's great. And the top like top five list has so permeated my daily argument about stuff. Like, that's mm-hmm. how I rank everything. Like, you can't do single ones. When people say top number one movie, like, you can't do that. Bullshit. Give me a top five, right. and I can top do it by five, genre. Why? I can yep. do it by yeah. I can do it by genre. Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? Do you want to cry? Do you want to, do you want to be excited? Do you want to watch something weird? <laughs> but no, John so, Cusack's but, done a ton of stuff, dude. Like he's done. He did a movie called Fourteen Oh Eight. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was the the Stephen King adaptation of the, about the haunted room in the Dolphin Hotel. I think it's in Chicago. No. No, I've never seen that one, though. He plays, like, a paranormal investigator. He's, like, an author that, like, debunks paranormal activity. And there's this room at this hotel that supposedly is, like, on this four-way crossroad of dimensions. It's, like, the perfect... It's because of where it is in the sky. You know what I mean? Like, there's been... There's something with this particular latitude and longitude off the planet, and this is where it's built. So it's, like, this gateway to other places so he goes there and he sees like his dead daughter and stuff like that no it's really oh, wow. good it's the the Stephen King short story is actually really good too but I've been reading a lot of Stephen King recently so that's the one that popped up recently but yeah well and that's the thing with Cusack what I kind of like and so we talked I talked about Grace is Gone you, you, you should watch it at some point no pass but it, sorry but it Hard was pass. It, <laughs> I, I will gladly Somebody... watch. I will watch Con Air over Grace Is Gone any day of the week. It was made for like. <laughs> Hold on, let me find it. Uh, Two thousand seven. No, no Con Air. No Con Air. Love. Uh, I love Con Air. Yeah. What's not the like? <laughs> The um, hold on, I'm trying to figure out. Like, I, I was looking at this the other day. I think it was May. Like, Grace is gone. Two million dollars was the budget. Okay. And it grossed a million. <laughs> it's kind of an indie, right? Two million dollar budget. He's not. He's not the draw he used to be. He's been making a lot of. I guess the, everything's just been. So but that's the whole thing. That. That's that, that, to me. Where it was like this was a. This was a great. It was a great story, and he did a great job with it. Yeah. And the, okay. and the premise is his wife is a soldier, gets killed in Afghanistan. He's got to tell his his daughters, who are like three and five or five and eight, <sighs> he's got to tell them that their mom's dead. No, thanks. 
So he takes him to Disney, well, to an amusement park on a road trip. So the the road trip is like he just can't tell him. So he just puts him in the car and takes him on this road trip, and that's the whole movie. And it's it's mm-hmm. great because it's all it's a, it's just it's heavy, heavy dialogue. It's good storytelling. It's 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 good. It's good. Like I said, I think it was like the, probably the last movie I cried. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on that. Sorry. Okay. All right. So <laughs> then that puts us into and you know I, if I had to pull, pick one of these for my top five, it's Better Off Dead versus One Crazy Summer. Hmm. And I would I put Better Off Dead just because I feel like it's it's funnier and it's weirder than One Crazy Summer. What do you think? Yeah. No, see, all right, so I'll give you the, the better off dead, but I like it because of the French foreign exchange student over <laughs> Demi Moore. I never really liked Demi Moore, man. She's always kind of bothered me, and that's one of the reasons I don't mm. like. One Crazy Summer is a fantastic movie, too. Don't get me wrong, but Better Off Dead has Booger, and it has the, the French, and it's got Ricky. <laughs> like, I love the, the character of Ricky, the next yeah, neighbor, the, I mean... the French, is, is <laughs> great, and the the... All the little idiosyncrasies in that movie are all. I like those. I prefer those to the one the, Crazy Summer. Right the the Asian drivers that learned how to speak listening the to commentators. Wide World of Sports. So he yeah. sounds like Howard Cosell, yeah. Lane Meyer. So good. And that dude, that that Camaro that he ends up that that, that SS Camaro that he ends up rebuilding at the end of yeah, it yeah. with with the girl's help is is great. Want my two dollars? Like there's so many good. Like I, I, so I hate that. I hate that when he puts his testicles on me. Tentacles. <laughs> the, word, <laughs> the word is tentacles. Oh, what did I say? You say never mind. How <laughs> to pick up trashy women? Yeah. That's, I actually thought there That's was a funny. book called how, how to Pick Up Trashy Women. I looked for it, but there's no book that. I mean, there was the book that you can order, but <laughs> nice. I never got it. But yeah, like those those are both great. But like apparently he's ashamed of those movies. I couldn't really find the article that I remember reading. Like I remember clearly. I don't think he's ashamed. I, I looked a little bit too. I don't think he's ashamed. I think he, because he was a child actor. Yeah. I just think he, he does like it, that. He wants to be taken. Period. He wants to be taken seriously as a as a grown up actor now. Well, okay, yeah, but yeah, I mean the, the quotes like, "Hey, I was." I was a child actor. That's disgusting enough or something like, you know what I mean? I, I think there is a thing where you go from where you were as a kid to where like, we do it too, right? What we did when we were 15, oh, good some Lord. of it doesn't hold up in our minds. No. Good Lord, right? no. Just because where we were personally or emotionally when we were 15. So, but those are great movies. I mean, sure. Those, I, to me, those hold up. I mean, they're, they're eighties classics. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What are you gonna, yeah. I'm not going to argue against that. <laughs> so, yeah, and so he's got this, and I even and I, I haven't watched it in a while, but the, I, I didn't hate Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah, it was okay. It's not I my like top five list, but I'm thinking about like some of the other stuff. Like we, he will not hold to one thing in terms of like no. he'll do a Grace is Gone, he'll do Bing John Malkovich, he'll do Eight Men Out, which yeah. he was great in Eight Men Out. And, yeah, no, you know, was, and like I said, 88 different movies. Con Air. Con Air is fantastic. He's I good. Love that I love that movie. Why couldn't you put the bunny in the box? 
put the bunny back in the box. That's I miss Nicolas Cage being a badass, but he's too old to be a badass. Like, don't do what he did. <laughs> right, right. Don't pull Harrison Ford to to him anymore. Don't make so him run. Then that leaves us with my my top John Cusack movie, which probably is. This is... Gonna, is, it, is this going to be a shocker? Is this going to be the giant tattoo you have on your leg? Could be. I mean. I mean, yeah, if it's if it's not, Say then anything. you pick the wrong you pick the wrong tattoo to get tattooed all the way up and down <laughs> the side of your calf. Like, if you're telling me right now that Girls Point Blank is your favorite John Cusack movie, then you probably should get an appendum tattoo on the other calf, which just has both of them next to each other. There you go. Nice. No, say, you yeah. know, say anything is a, a that, that to me is a that's a that's a classic, right? And that yeah. is, I think, the penultimate John Cusack movie, right? Where, you know, the the character, you know, it, it's you see a lot of Lloyd Dobler in a lot of his other movies, right? Sure. In terms of what he taps into, but he's like a quirky, unique, you know, <laughs> the kickboxing thing is real in real life. He's in the kickboxing, <sighs> um, sport of the future. Um, for the future which honestly if you think about it with MMA and everything he was right sure kickboxing is not MMA but but I you get, know what I mean I like get, it, it, morphed, yes. it morphed from what they were doing in kickboxing sure. in, in karate into it's overtaken boxing I gave her my heart she gave me a pen <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah, it's, that's it's it's, it's a good movie. It's it it captures like that high school thing. It captures it captures a lot of good stuff. And I think it's just a well well written, well acted so, movie. It's Cameron Crowe. It's, yeah, it's a camera right. it's a Cameron Crowe movie. Of course, it's going to be well written. But yeah, no, they they sell it. Him and him and what's her name, the Diane Sky. Miami yeah. Sky, like their their chemistry is too good, and Lily Taylor as the the song singing back when trying to get away from Joe. <laughs> Joe lies she, when he cries. Joe lies. <laughs> so, so good. And Piven's in it. I think Piven's in like because they went to high school together. Piven's in like ten of his movies or something like that. Yeah, they went to the whatever the Chicago acting school together. Apparently, their parents are really good friends too. From what I remember, oh, really? they have like an they have like an acting school together and stuff. So, yeah, no, they're always in each other's movies. His his character in Bob, Bob or uh, Paul Spericki in, in Gross Boy Blank is great when he just shows up and hasn't seen Martin Blank in ten years and gives him the big hug and oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's well and then he, he, he kind of like also forget that he's he's the one that ate or swallowed Odie's tongue in. One crazy summer. Remember when they cut Odie's tongue off the front of the boat and they feed it to the guy dancing on the ship, the the preppy dudes. Oh right, You're that's right. him. That's Jeremy Piven because they they just grew up together and they've been in a ton of each other's movies. He's the one that attacks Lloyd at the very very end of the party to try to get his keys back. He's got like a top hat. <laughs> you have vibrant keys. Give me my keys. You, you must chill. No, he's like you. <laughs> yeah. Must I love you, man? Yeah, and just <laughs> falls my down. And keys. Falls down. Falls asleep. Yeah, and he. Uh, friends, remember? Yeah, and but and I like. I mean, any of the production company stuff, like or Cusack will pull. Like he'll pull the Clash. He'll always have like a Clash poster, Joe Strummer uh, somewhere, or a song in in the movie. 
he does a lot of, like he'll pull his friends in like Lily Taylor's in a lot of his movies Pivens in a lot of his movies he's really good friends with um um why am I spacing out Bob give me something uh, Bob DeStefalo no no Tim <laughs> Robbins sorry Bob uh, oh, Tim Robbins Bob him, and, him and Tim Robbins are really good friends in real life and yeah. so he'll pull a lot of the same people as you see him in their movies which I think it, I think that's always cool like if you enjoy people you work with and be able to do that so hmm. cool cool well those were the ones I wanted to go through no surprise in my top five would you have would you change I mean you haven't seen Grace is Gone so you probably replace Grace is Gone with Con Air I would imagine <laughs> I'll replace all five of them with Con Air maybe put <laughs> Maybe put Gross Boy Blank back in there. But no, I mean, Say Anything's great. The player's great. Um, Gross Point Blank. Con Air. I was looking through his... He's got a ton. Pushing Tin was pretty good. Being John Malf- John Malkovich is awesome. High Fidelity it is, is awesome. It is. He's the, the one... I don't know. You probably never saw it. It was one called Identity. Where he, he's one of the like eight people that get stuck at like this this crappy hotel on the outskirts of Las Vegas in this flood. And there's like a murder above them. You might. It's got like Ray Liotta and stuff in it. It's really good. Mm. But he's been in a ton of stuff. The Ice Harvest with him and Billy Bob Thornton is really good. Fourteen oh eight is good. All oh, right, pushing Tim was Billy Bob Thornton about the air traffic controllers. Air traffic controllers. Yeah, that yeah. was good. You don't get a lot of air traffic controller movies. No, and that's back when I could tolerate Billy Bob Thornton before I realized it's Billy Bob Thornton. You're you don't like Billy Bob Thornton? No, not anymore. I used to. Why? I don't know. He just rubs me the wrong way. I just, when I hear him in interviews and he talks about his music, I'm like, shut up. You're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay in your lane. Fair enough. Don't be Jeremy Renner. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, so, I get any, it. Anything Jeremy else Renner's that you've, great. anything else new and exciting you've watched that you would oh, recommend? Good. Good lord, man! Like, where do you, where do I start? Okay, so uh, Ford versus Ferrari was really good. You should watch that, but watch it as big and loud as you can because the the chase sequences are awesome. They built all these Ford GT forties, like the mm-hmm. the replica race cars, and they built uh, harnesses for the cameras so they can get the cars going like 180 on these tracks and have the cameras mounted you know, to the front fender of one car and the back fender of another car. So the, these chase sequences aren't all CGI and you can fucking tell that these are real races and it's awesome. Nice. And it's, but like, it's big and it's loud and the soundtrack's really good. And Christian Bale's great as this quirky driver. And Matt Damon is great as, as, uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, Carol Shelby. <laughs> you just, Carol Shelby is big Texan, shit talker and just walks in the room and tells people to go after themselves. Like there's a one point where they take the, um, Henry Ford jr. Because it takes place in like whatever the sixties or seventies yeah, when yeah. Ford's racing team started and they take them on the, after they built the car and they take them on this race and, or they take them on the straightaway and they, he does like this e-brake turn at like 200 miles an hour and the guy shits himself and nice. the just kind of sits there and he goes, you okay, sir? And he's like, this is what my daddy would want. And he's like, all right, I don't need to, I don't want to give the rest of it away, but watch that. That's really good. Um, Dr. Sleep, the, the sequel to the shining, with mm. you, you McGregor as grown up Danny Torrance had no business being as good as it was. I watched mm. it again. I had watched it when it first came out on 
uh, pay-per-view, and now it's like on HBO. But there was like a director's cut, and I remember liking it a lot the first time I watched it. And then I so I sat down and I started watching it again, and I ended up watching all three hours and ten minutes of it. But it has no business being any good. Like to follow up to Shining, to do a sequel to the Kubrick movie that's probably top five, top ten horror movies of all time, and be as <laughs> good right. and and faithful. Did they get? It's hard to recreate footage. It's hard to use footage reasonably in updation. So when you redo it, it, you have the tendency of it can either work really well or it can really fall flat on its face. But the girl that does the the Shelley Duvall character, because they have, this is after they escape. This is after her and Danny make it out. So she has to be in it for a little bit. And if you closed your eyes... She sounds so much like Shelley Duvall, like the same inflection. Like she doesn't really look like her that much. Like they do a good job with wardrobe and stuff like that. But between her and the guy that get to play Scatman Crothers to play Dick Halloran's character, the old black chef or the old black cook that teaches Danny about The Shining, mm-hmm. they're so good that you honestly think that you're watching the original characters. So wow. like once you get past that, you're like, all right, I'm definitely in. And they recreate the, they, they had access to Kubrick's archives. They got, they got permission from the Kubrick estate to go and actually get the floor plans for the overlook, like the interior sets that they built because oh, wow. Kubrick was notorious for, there's a lot of things that happened in the shining that you're not really aware of. Like there's doors that shouldn't be there that open to nowhere like the way he comes around Danny when he's riding his tricycle around he comes around these corners and there's these doors in places that there's no way that there can be rooms there or closets or anything just because it but he does it deliberately to mess with your equilibrium whether you know it or not Mm. so when you're going through it's meant to be disorienting so they got the actual plans from Kubrick's estate and rebuilt it to the specifications and the color and the carpet and everything and it's has no business being as good as it is and it really I was surprised so if you get a chance I don't know if you have any affinity towards the original but it's a surprisingly good follow up so. hmm. and then watch Rick and, watch Rick and Morty if you haven't started or if you've ever seen it before start it's on Hulu <laughs> oh yeah I know I've tried to get the kids to watch it but you know Maya's 15 like she's almost 16 like I could be like hey we gotta watch this and she'd be like nah it's, it doesn't matter. Just have her watch a couple episodes and you realize that Rick is one of the greatest characters ever created in <laughs> animated, at least in animated sitcom, if not any sitcom. But right. yeah, highly recommend it. I, it. My friend Benny recommended it up and down and I hadn't watched it for a while. And then when I was on vacation, all I had was my Roku. So I just had to watch something that I had either on Amazon, Hulu or Netflix. So I was like, all right, I'll pop on Hulu because I haven't watched that in a while. So I watched two seasons. Nice. <laughs> in like four nice. days <laughs> in four days nice yeah roughly so we've got a bunch of movies like a bunch of shows coming back right so the boys that's kind of cool yeah i didn't even watch the trailer that. i just saw that they released a trailer when i texted no. you but i didn't even watch the trailer i'm gonna watch it i don't need to watch it i don't want to watch the trailer right now I, i'm gonna right. watch it regardless so good i'm excited yeah i'm excited for that the the uh, what just got licensed that I was really excited about? Oh, I don't know if you ever played any of the uh, Fallout games for mm. any of like Fallout mm-hmm. 3 was really popular, and then Fallout New Vegas or any of those. But the, the guys that did Westworld just got 
signed a deal to produce a Fallout. I think it's for Amazon, maybe. Amazon oh, nice. has just thrown money at him to do this big adaptation of this like post-apocalyptic. It's awesome. Did, if if, they, if of, they do it right. Speaking of Amazon, did you watch Upload? Did we talk about Upload? Upload? No. Which one's that? The, that, one where like, the afterlife thing? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. One of my buddies said it was really good, but I'm not. It, it was it's a, it's a really cool concept yeah, I'll it's, put it on my list I don't go on social Amazon commentary in there yeah it's worth it it's a little bit like it like, feels a little bit close to the the um, the good place just because yeah. it's in the same vein right dealing with afterlife and all that stuff but completely you, different are you a Mike Birbiglia fan do you know who he is I know who he is sleepwalk with me yeah, um, his new one called the the new one. It's on Netflix. It's like a hour and fifteen minute comedy special. Is really really good. I recommend I, it. I turned it off. Did you really? I did. I got like halfway through it, and I was just like, his delivery. I have a hard time with. <laughs> sure. He operates. He operates really blue now too. Like he doesn't really get crass anymore. A yeah, little bit, no, but not. Yeah, not I mean, much. it was it was good, but it was like, I don't know. I just, and maybe it was just because it was late or something, but I got about halfway through it and I turned it off. I like, no, oh, that was good. The, not, not as good as Chappelle. Give me Chappelle any day of the week. Chappelle's, the, that, that YouTube one that he released was so good. The YouTube one and then yeah. um, the uh, Kennedy Center Awards. Did you watch that? Like, it's like a two, two hour where he gets the... The Mark Isn't Twain the, Award. The Mark Twain Award. Sorry, yeah, the, the yeah. Mark Twain Award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I dude, I watched. I, I thought I told the story on on this before, but I was flipping through the channels one night after Brody and Aaron went to bed, and I was just I was flipping through, and I just happened to like I got a text, and I was scrolling through the the guide, and I got a text, and I looked down, so I, I released the remote, and it stopped, and then I checked my, and I looked back up, and it was stopped on PBS, and it said the Mark Twain Awards. I was like, oh. I wonder who won the Mark Twain Award this year. And I looked down and it said Dave Chappelle. And I was like, okay, what time is it? And it said 10.03. And it started at 10 and it started at ten o'clock. And I was like, well, I'm not going to bed for a while. So I turned it on and I watched all two hours of the Dave Chappelle. And it was great. It great. was Sarah Silverman and Jon Stewart and all the comedians that he grew up with talking about how good he is and how smart he is and how kind he is and how, how and he's just a well-thought or just a yeah. well-spoken, well-thought-out dude. Like even the, that new special, it wasn't particularly funny. It wasn't. As yeah, much it wasn't as supposed it, to be. It was a. It was brilliantly. It was brilliantly worded and and conveyed of yep. what he was thinking. So yep. no, great. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad we did this. It's been a while. Got to get the get the rust off. Get back into doing this. Um, nope. Not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, so you can follow us on Twitter at Matchwits. Um, that's mine. I kind of run that account because Chris hasn't answered enough of my uh, trivia questions. Uh, Chris is at Acquired Wit. Um, it's Acquired Wit, right? Yep. It's going to be Wits and Pictures soon, but whatever. I'm changing that. Wits and Pictures? Nice. Yeah. And we have a website, uh, matchwits.com. And with that, Chris, take us out. Wear a mask, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Not everybody's an idiot. <laughs> Most Just people are. Wear, wear a mask. Wear a mask. Please. Wear, wear a mask <laughs> for everybody's benefit. Wear a mask. Please. This will be over soon. Wear a See mask. Ya. See ya.